all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, where we are firmly convinced that creating success and happiness is rooted in understanding the ultimate nature of reality and the fact that as human beings, we are all immensely powerful fractals of the one and only source consciousness, which creates and animates all things. Now, of course, understanding this powerful truth is one thing. Applying this incredibly empowering wisdom to everyday life, well, that's another. Which is exactly why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week to help constantly remind you of what matters most. You are it. And I'm your host, Brandon Beecham. I'm the reflection and extension of you who will be here each Wednesday interviewing a different consciousness changemaker. And on the other four weekdays, leading the way to ensure that your perspective is consistently expanded, your vibration is constantly elevated, and your heart is overflowing and full. Also, before we jump into today's episode, I'd like to take a moment to tell you about a few sponsors that not only help to make it possible to produce this show five days a week, but that I'm also genuinely passionate about promoting especially since they're helping to fund all the cool projects we have in the works, such as the Positive Head app, the docuseries that I'm intending to begin shooting within the next year, and whatever else we dream up over here at Positive Headquarters to help spread consciousness across the planet. Now, if you're short on time or just super excited for today's topic and want to dive right in and skip these ads, feel free to fast forward about four minutes to get right into today's show. That being said, I strongly encourage you to listen because the reason I'm passionate about my sponsors is because they've made a huge impact in my own life, which is why I've aligned with these organizations. And I firmly believe they can do the same for you too. The first longtime stellar supporter of this show that I want to mention is Gaia. If you're not familiar, Gaia is the go-to source for streaming consciousness content online with over 8,000 video titles. And you can sign up for your first month for only 99 cents at Gaia.com forward slash positive head. That's spelled G-A-I-A dot com forward slash positive head. The second sponsor I'm extremely passionate about promoting is Purium. It's no mystery that bringing your mind, body and spirit into balance is necessary if a person truly intends to manifest the greatest and grandest version of themselves. And as of recording this, it's been about mm, four months since I started taking the Purium Core 4 Superfood products every day. And I can honestly and sincerely say my mind, body, and spirit have never felt more in alignment. If you've been looking for a way to easily get superfoods into your system every day with a simple plan that can help you reestablish a healthier foundation and relationship with food, I cannot recommend for you to start with the Purium 40-Day Ultimate Nutrition Plan, which includes a 10-day metabolic reset and cleanse enough. I spent personally months researching Purium before I jumped in, and now myself and over 150 other positive heads have started with the 40-Day Ultimate Nutrition Plan, and many of us have continued taking the Core 4 products on an ongoing basis daily ever since. I personally intend to take them for the rest of my life because they played a huge role transforming my vibrational state. If you decide to do it, it'll cost you just over $7 a day for the first 40 days and only about $5 a day after. But if you do it the way that I recommend you to do it, the smartest and most beneficial way, it won't cost you anything. 
I recommend you to just look at where you can reallocate money you are already spending on food each day. Essentially, you're just going to swap out the unhealthiest stuff you're in the habit of purchasing in exchange for Purium Superfoods. And this way, it costs you nothing to participate in the transformation and cleanse. And it creates exponential benefit because now you've replaced something that lowers your vibration with something that is going to make you feel super high in the healthiest kind of way. Just take a few minutes, see where you can cut out five to seven dollars a day and commit to doing it. It's that simple. Also for support, we'll be doing a big group transformation with other positive heads and soul family once each month for support. So I recommend, you know, going right now, ordering your 40 day ultimate nutrition plan bundle so that you have it when the next group transformation starts. Procrastination is not your friend. Order it now. You can thank me later because I can assure you, you will not be sorry you've decided to send a message to the universe that you're ready to step up your vibrational game and reclaim your health sovereignty. Just head over to ishoppurium.com. That's spelled I-S-H-O-P-P-U-R-I-U-M.com. Be sure to use the code POSITIVEHEAD, all one word, for either $50 off or a 25% discount, whichever is greater. And also, if you want to learn more details about the Purium products, why I'm so passionate about promoting them beforehand, you can go check out several videos I shot discussing these things in greater detail. You can also hear my interview with the very inspiring founder, David Sandoval, much, much more over at positivehead.com forward slash transformation. All right, all you positive heads, on this week's Pow Wow episode, I am very excited to have my pal from another gal, Robin Tala, here with me on the show. Tala is an ethical networking, consent culture, passion igniting superhero, and I am super stoked to dive into his beautiful brain and heart on the show today. Tala, welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, Brandon, it's so excellent to be here with you. Yes, I definitely, you know, what's, you and I have been uh, close friends for, for a while now. And, you know, we've been talking about, you got, I got to bring you on the show and got to bring you on the show. And when you just brought up to me, you know, the other day, now, for those of you who don't know, Tala is actually my mentor uh, in Imperium. And one of the main reasons, you know, Ema uh, originally sort of introduced me, but Tala has really become, you know, such an inspiration uh, and, such a, a so much wisdom uh, in regards to health and wellness, and so you know we've gotten to be close friends. And when when you just told me, you know, hey, we're doing this New Year's resolution uh, transformation cleanse with uh, Eddie Modestini, his yeah. name, mm-hmm. um, yeah, 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 uh, who studied uh, with Mister Iyengar, and many of you probably done Iyengar yoga, and he's going to be do, you know he studied with him for thirty years and doing a, f- a free training, forty five minutes. Every Every day during the 10 day transformation at, at right at the top of the new year. And of course, people, you know, New Year's resolutions, right? That's like, that's a big thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, we got to like, it's time. Let's, let's, you know, bring you on, let people know about that. I, I'm not going to start off maybe at the beginning of the show going deep down that rabbit hole. 
because there's so much other exciting stuff to talk about um, that I want to cover with you. But just, um, you know, to throw out there for any of you guys who want to learn more about that, of course, you can go to positivehead.com forward slash transformation and there will be, you know, more insight if you want to want to join in on that whole process with us. But I'm yeah, super you know, excited I'm about that. I'm glad that you brought that up and we will speak more about that later. But it's I just have to say, you know, Eddie Modestini and his partner, Kristen Bostiels, are two of the senior most yoga teachers in the world. These are trainers of trainers of trainers sponsored by Yoga Te- Yoga Journal. You know, they go on tour with Michael Franti, Willie Nelson, Neil Young. Um, and, and Eddie studied in India for, you know, 30 years with Iyengar. And so the fact that they're offering free yoga 10 days, a 45-minute classes per day on video, that by itself would be, you know, hundreds of dollars to, you know, if it'd even be available. And so it's, it's just so cool that we yeah. have this... We have this vehicle of this New Year's intentions group transformation to start our year out in such a beautiful, positive and inspirational way. So, yeah, we'll dig into that more later, but I'm excited that we'll both be embarking on that journey together. And I hope we have some some positive heads. I know we already have some, but even more who will join us for that. Yeah, absolutely. I've uh, I've had people certainly reach out about, you know, are we going to do another group cleanse or transformation? And when you told me about this, I'm like, yes, front burner. We got it's time to bring you on. But uh, before we you know, we'll talk more about that later on in, the, in this episode. I want to get some some background on you. And um, well, l- let me start at the same predictable place. I always start. And that is this um, this question. You're in an elevator. You got 10 floors to answer. Uh, the woman next to you looks over, says, what's your passion? What do you say? My passion is to create love, connection, sustainability, peace, and justice in this world. So there's one floor. But I would go on to say, <laughs> <laughs> but I would go on to say, you know, I've been, uh, I've been an activist my whole life uh, since I was raised, homeschooled. Um, and then in an alternative school, really being uh, empowered to live my passions. And I always knew um, that from mentors like Martin Luther King and Gandhi and Harriet Tubman and, and all sorts of uh, world changers I studied that, that I wanted to make a significant impact on the world and devote my life to um, changing this world for the better. And I've done a lot of frontline activism. I've done a lot of celebration and creating beauty and art in the world. And what I've come to now in my life is really helping people with ethics of sustainability, peace and justice and compassion to elevate their financial abundance so that together we can use economic power as I see much of the influence in the world uh, is being you know, controlled by the people with the financial power. I want to raise an army of philanthropeneurs, as we like to say, to create (laughs) economic power to protect sacred lands and to, um, to mitigate climate, uh, climate change and to, you know, provides art, provide arts education for underserved children and communities to, to do all the, the healing work that our world so desperately needs. That is, uh, you might have hit 11 floors if it's a really slow elevator, but you, you <laughs> earned it. <laughs> so let's do this. You know, a little more background. How did you end up on, you know, this path? I, I know you've had a, you know, I had a very traditional upbringing, a very conservative Christian, you know, that sort of led me down to start exploring other, uh, you know, 
ideologies and philosophies. And I know with you, because we are uh, good friends, I, I know you had a quite a different upbringing uh, with your with your path. Maybe you can give us a little insight into into your background. Yeah, um, I was raised by hippies. Uh, in the, <laughs> in the Midwest as a little feral child running around in the woods barefoot <laughs> on our 40 acre llama farm on a lake in Southern Indiana, uh, Bloomington, oh, Indiana, wow. where my parents moved, uh, because of the, uh, incredibly prestigious music school. Um, and, uh, and we quickly came to learn that actually the Dalai Lama's family, his older brother and much of his family, and therefore a lot of, um, Tibetan, um, incredible people, refugees and, and people moving to create freedom uh, in their lives after the Chinese occupation ended up in our little, uh, you know, liberal arts, progressive bubble of a Southern Indiana town of Bloomington because of the university there. Um, and so uh, the town is a really interesting place. Um, and I was homeschooled, as I mentioned, and then went to the one of the oldest uh, alternative schools in the country, Harmony School. Um, and, and also at the same time, um, my mom raised me and my sisters on the, um, on the Sufi path, the universal, uh, Sufi path. And for people who may not have heard of that, um, Sufism is academically known as the mystical branch of Islam. However, when you talk to Sufis, they will tell you most, at least will tell you that Sufism existed long before Islam. And it is really, um, the mystical path of the, Persian desert. Um, and it, it sort of formed itself to Islam once that was the predominant uh, religion of the area. But truly, uh, Sufis believe, just like every other mystic path, that everything is connected and everything is part of spirit. And therefore, every path has uh, legitimacy and gems to offer. And so I grew up going to Sufi camp in the Midwest in Lake of the Ozarks, Missouri, uh, with a big community of people from all over the, the Midwest United States doing things like, you know, Japanese tea ceremony and Lakota sweat lodge and um, Sufi dancing in a circle, holding hands, singing prayers, um, Buddhist walking meditation, finding our spirit animal meditations from the time I was five, six years old. And so, um, you know, I've had this really interesting mixture of, uh, of activist and spiritual and, um, and artistic. My dad is considered one of the best uh, musicians in his class of folk music in the world. Oh, wow. So my parents are doing old time music and, and contra dancing and, and stuff like that. So that sort of like lays the foundation of, of my upbringing. I was able to actually meet and be personally blessed by the Dalai Lama. When I was 12 years old, he put his hands over wow. mine in prayer position and we touched foreheads and looked in each other's eyes and he is giggling the whole time and blessing me and blessing a scarf <laughs> wow. around my neck and all that. And so, um, you know, all of that through my, uh, through my childhood and then my teenage years actually led me to, uh, straight out well through some like rainbow gatherings and also hip hop. I'm a, I'm a uh, MC and poet and beatboxer. So through sort of the rainbow gathering scene and, and sort of underground hip hop, I found my way when I was 19 out to the Bay area, California, and went to my first 
Burning Man. Um, and that started a path of, I think I've been to Burning Man now 12 times, thrown oh, theme wow. camps a couple of times. And uh, you got me, me beat to, by uh, five years. <laughs> wow. It's That's been an of, amazing I, I did 10 years. My, my whole 20s, every year in my 20s, I went to Burning Man. So. <laughs> wow. Very cool. Yeah, so Very it's cool. been a dynamic path that led me out to the Bay Area, California, and um, and then from there, I've, I've just become involved with all sorts of other projects, leading me to my work as a empowerment coach and a, a, a health and wellness professional, a ethical networking professional, and uh, and also an event producer. So. Wow. Um, that's all. (laughs) (laughs) There's more. (laughs) That's so good, man. Yeah. You have definitely been an inspiration to me. You know, it's, um, you know, one of the things that I really have admired is just watching as as I've, you know, over the last year gotten to, to, to know you and just see the way you deal with like, um, challenging situations and approach, um, you know, some of these very, heated topics that are happening in our society you know uh there's there's a lot of tension out there around racism and consent and you know and i see you chime in on some of this stuff and you're really 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 graceful in the way that you sort of navigate these topics and as someone who you know sometimes uh struggles to really maintain uh calm equilibrium because i have it's like i don't know god like put like a lightning rod up my ass or something it's like i feel so plugged in energetically and sometimes it's like it's hard to to sort of calm and be peaceful and not you know overreact or any of those things and i see the way you deal with it and it's all it's been it's definitely been an inspiration and uh so i applaud all the work that you're doing well thank you so much for that reflection you know I'm human just like the next person and I definitely have my moments of being off center and off kilter and reactionary, but I really believe that all of, of the challenges in our life are presented to us um, in order for us to be able to learn lessons from. And so I really do my work, especially as a man in a culture uh, that has been formed on patriarchy and um, racism. I'm a white man. um, And so I have a lot of privilege. And I think that it's really important for all of us as humans, no matter what, you know, your, your outward, uh, you know, race, class, gender, whatever those, all the demographic dividers, regardless of who you are, but especially for those of us who have, you know, an elevated position of privilege that we start uh, our experience from to use our, um, our awareness and our consciousness to become better people. And so I am fortunate to be able to have been a student from a distance or up close uh, of many people who have helped teach me how to, um, how to not to stand strong and to face and directly engage with challenge and with conflict and with difficult topics, but to do so with compassion and with patience and to really think about, you know, what is going to create a solution here? You know, it's good to recognize the problem, but also what is going to lead that to the world that we want to create. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, what you're just 
this this actually brings up something for me, and you're actually the perfect person to to bring it up to. I'm curious what your thoughts are. You know, I I love love love. You know, all the listeners know I'm such a dork for plays on words, and um, and so a while back I came up with. I've always loved the word powwow, right? I just I just like the way it sounds, and I'm like, oh, these are powwows, right? Like, let me let me coin that. So I started. I call these interview styles powwows. You know, P A L, and it's a. I, I'm bringing a friend on, and we're talking about things that are like wow (laughs) and then i just saw something like a week ago talking and it was you know um uh, a native american woman had made some it was either an article or a post or something saying you know stop using the word powwow for business meetings or you know um and and so i thought oh wow i I, that hadn't even crossed my mind like is this you know and, and and then it leads into, for me, you know, kind of some of these things. It's like uh, some of these things are tricky to know where to draw the line, you know, um, I, you know, with with some of the issues with like hairstyles, for example, or, you know, I, it gets really tricky because it's like once you start drawing a line like I, you know, this particular culture owns this hairstyle or this. It's like, I don't know about that. You know, it's like I, there's a lot going back for many, many many generations of people have done all kinds of things from all different races and continents but I, I understand also it's like this is a very sensitive and, and I, topic and, and I understand that it's like sometimes the, when the pendulum's swinging there is definitely as a, as a white man as well there's definitely been a lot of privilege that we've had and I think you're spot on how do we like use this to help to get rid of to even the playing field as you know much as we possibly can you know, sometimes I feel like the, the pendulum swing is, and maybe it's natural. It swings really hard the other the other way, right? And and you know, I'm just using the hairstyle thing as an example. For me, that's a tough one. And, and I, I'd like to. I'm just curious what what your thoughts are on. Well, you know, this this powwow thing just was. No one's brought it up to me, by the way. No one's ever said anything. But I'm like, oh, I just re- uh, I hadn't even thought of it till I saw this, and now I'm like, okay, I'm probably going to hear about it. So really, I'm just like. I'm I'm bringing it up now, um, so I'm, I'm curious. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Wow, Brandon, I first of all just want to recognize you for asking the tough questions because this doing that, reflecting, self reflecting, and asking the tough questions out of compassion uh, for others is is really such a beautiful place to have this conversation from. It's very easy to feel defensive and threatened when we encounter an idea that is contrary to something that we are, are really comfortable with. And I think the way that I approach these questions is not coming from a place of entitlement of like, Oh, well, Mm. you know, who are they to tell me what I can and can't do, which is a legitimate thought. But what my goal is, is I want all of the people around me, all the people who come into my orbit to feel safe, to feel loved, to feel invited. And even if, let's say, you know, it's amazing that you're bringing up the powwow term because I've never told you this before, but that is the one and only element of your show that brings up discomfort for me. And that's because of my work. Um, with anti-racism and anti-oppression and privilege work and my close relationship 
with some native folks um, in this country. And I know that if some of them, and I'm prepared that when I post, you know, this episode and share it, that, that it may be triggering to some people that I interact with in some circles. And so, you know, it was something wow, that I, I was... I, and guys, we didn't talk about that beforehand <laughs> at all. No. Like this is, so that's really interesting that you... This, I was I planning no on bringing... Idea. I was planning on bringing it up to you at some point. Um, but so, so I want to return back to what I was saying that, so maybe, you know, when we talk about, you know, ideas of cultural appropriation, um, there may be tons of people, let's say there's like, you know, you have five native friends who say, Oh yeah, it's fine. That's a great play on words, whatever. But then you have one native friend who says that makes me feel uncomfortable. So we could say, Oh, well, that's just one person. You know, these other five or these other 10 are fine with it. It's all good. But when I return back to the place inside of me that says, I would like to create a container where as many people as possible feel comfortable and loved and welcomed, then that, if that term is, is, is triggering to this one person and it's creating disharmony, then I want to make my best effort to include that person. So another way that I've considered this exact topic, and I had a whole Facebook Mm -hmm. live thing that went really pretty big on my, on my wall about this was the term guys saying you guys, right? So Mm. you guys Mm -hmm. is a gendered term, right? And it's a term that refers to men, but we refer to like all genders by you guys. No, most people, what I found when I, cause I asked a question, I was like, Hey, what do people think about this? Like I say you guys, yeah. but like, I want to know. And, and you know what, like four fifths of the people who responded, or maybe it was more like three, three quarters said, Oh, we don't care. It's fine. A lot of women were like, I say it, it's all good. But, but I had a couple trans friends and, um, and some mm. women who stepped forward and said, thank you for asking. I actually am not comfortable with that. And so I decided to consciously, um, evolve mm. the term you guys out of my language, not because I think it's totally wrong and I'm taking some big stance against it, but because I want to create this culture of inclusivity in my community. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I, that's, that's, that's another one. Yeah. I, I had someone a while back who, you know, sort of spoke out and this is going back a year plus now where, you know, I, I refer a lot of time to, as to people as you know boys and girls i'll say girls as opposed to woman you know and um and maybe it's because i feel like i'm so boyish myself <laughs> like you know that just seems like really like natural to me but you know someone same kind of thing sort of brought this up so i've really analyzed that and like okay you know it it, it does get a little tricky because it's like almost it, no matter obviously you get to, there no matter what you do if someone is seeking, like the, the for example, the seeking to be offended, they're going to find a way. Like the the trans persons, uh, that makes sense. That that would maybe cause some sort of you know uncomfort or discomfort, or you know. Um, so you know, it's just I guess all we can do is try and find the healthiest line we possibly can without going to like some super ridiculous extreme where I can't, you know, I can barely speak. Right? <laughs> yeah, you know, and when I think that language is powerful and. If Absolutely. I, I think one of the things that comes up when we talk about these issues is fear that we're afraid of being judged or we're afraid of being mm. pigeonholed as someone who doesn't care when we know in our hearts we do care. But then sometimes that thought actually flips it around to the point where we get so defensive that we latch on to what 
we to like ways that we have spoken in the past to say, oh, well, you might be blaming me for not caring, but you're just stupid because you don't know me because I do care. So I'm going to keep saying this anyway. And, and it's this defense, this place of defensiveness. And so what I invite right. people as they're listening to this episode, because you're right, there's no like, fu- there's no line. There's, this is all a spectrum of experience. And it's really a place that our culture is growing and evolving right now. So what I invite, you know, you, as you're thinking about this term, powwow and and maybe you know the potential of evolving that term um and people listening to this podcast is how can we bring ourselves into a non-reactive non-defensive space to really hear where people are coming from and 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 look at the core of it see that there's deep cultural pain that sometimes is surrounding Mm. or, or genetic pain that's been you know perpetuated over many many years or generations that these little words even though they don't seem like much are triggers for and so we can use those words as portals to go in and empathize and create connection and care and actually they can be our our allies and our keys in order to help resolve and heal this pain that is sometimes you know many generations old so i think language is one of the keys that we can use to evolve culture in that way yeah, well said. It's um well, I you know, I suppose it's it's maybe it's time for it to be delegated to the archives uh based off of this conversation. Um I think it's really really interesting that it's something that you are already, you know, you're already like thinking about and like I said and and I'm probably not as well, I know I'm not as uh on the sort of cutting edge of awareness of some of this stuff that you are. I mean, I can see you out there on the front lines of, you know, all of this stuff really, really diving in deep. And it's, it's, um, it's tricky territory. And so I just, I really applaud your, um, diligence and, and the heart that you bring to, to exploring all of this stuff. Well, thank you so much. I want you to know that I'm here as an ally. I want to support you and anyone listening to this to engage in this way because i truly think it's all of the drops of of water that make up the ocean and so as we look out into our culture and we see things like you know there was just this um self-described neo-nazi who was convicted for um ramming his car into a crowd in the carolina protest that killed you know an anti-fascist protester heather Heyer, and and he was convicted but we see things like that that happen we see unarmed you know black people being disproportionately gunned down by you know police and we think how can we change this and it seems like such a big problem and it sometimes we might feel powerless but really the way that we change our culture the way that we evolve our culture into a more peaceful and just place is by the small conversations is by the small Mm. actions that each of us take together to raise the awareness and the consciousness and to make do the little things to make our communities more safe for people of all races and all genders and all um you know different different separation uh demographics which separate us so that we can actually come together and and feel safe and and beyond safe inspired to co-create a beautiful world together so i'm an ally in that work and if you want to continue this conversation after some reflection i'm definitely down to um to be by your side as we continue to do that work together oh thank you so much for that that's amazing 
All right. Well, now seems like a good moment to take a quick minute to tell those of you who aren't familiar a bit about our sponsor, Gaia. I've been a big fan of Gaia for many years now, which is why they're the only content provider I've ever reached out to in regards to potentially supporting this podcast. So needless to say, I'm very excited they're now supporting the show. Gaia truly is my personal go-to source for streaming consciousness content on the web. They have an incredible 7,000 plus exclusive videos covering 5,000 years of wisdom. Just to give you an example, on the show Missing Links, the incredible researcher Greg Braden explores all the biggest questions concerning who we are, where we come from, where we're going, by connecting the missing links between science and spirituality to complete our understanding of humanity's history and to better understand the interconnectedness of all things. Awesome, right? And that's just one example. As you guys constantly hear me say, it's a daily conscious effort to maintain an elevated vibration. And if you're looking to go deep down the rabbit hole to do so, then Gaia is the best place I know of to do it, period. And you can sign up for your first month for only 99 cents at Gaia.com forward slash positive head. That's spelled G-A-I-A dot com forward slash positive head. Check it out. We haven't ever had a detailed conversation really about your upbringing. I know you have a lot of ongoing um, educational things that you, you're doing that, you know, in line with your own spiritual development and your, uh, you know, Sufism path, uh, you know, as a child, I, I you know, I, I'm familiar just very high level with all of that. So I, I'd be really curious to, to learn, you know, how, how that applies to your current spiritual path. Is it a part of your current spiritual path? And, you know, if, if not, or either way, what, what is your ongoing, you know, I know you are pretty regularly going and, and you have a, a teacher that you've been learning under for, for quite some time. Uh, I'd love to hear more about all of that, your spiritual path. Mm. Wow. It's a huge question. You know, I, I ask myself this question every day because when it comes to spirituality, it's such an inherent piece of my core being that sometimes any external expression of it feels um like not not like not nearly enough like it's an interesting Mm. quandary that i think many spiritual people who are on a spiritual path come to where they you know we have these practices that maybe teachers give us that help us come into our our center or or align with our spirituality. But then sometimes they seem so trivial. You're like, what am I doing? I'm sitting here, you know, saying some words from some culture, you know, counting beads on a string or, or I'm, you know, out walking, contemplating, you know, some concept. And on one hand, that's beautiful. (laughs) But on the other hand, it's like, seems so arbitrary, you know, it's like, my connection with source is at my center and there is nothing that I could do. And everything that I do is, is that, you know? And so, (laughs) so it's a big question, but I would say that, um, you know, I have, I find my deepest sense of connection, um, through nature. Uh, I would say Mm. that's my biggest, uh, my church and my my deepest connection with source is is through nature and truly nature is everything and so you know I do choose to spend time with certain teachers and one of my teachers uh, his name is Martin Prechtel and he uh, is an amazing author who's written some incredible books including um, the smell of rain on dust grief and praise uh, the secrets of the talking jaguar and he 
is someone who um, grew up on the reservation in New Mexico, and he spent time in Guatemala, a significant amount of time with a uh, a 25,000 person Mayan village uh, in Guatemala before the Mayan culture in the 80s was basically eradicated by um, the conflict between the uh, neo uh, neoliberal fruit uh, worker or fruit uh, corporate uh, like fascist situation that went on down there and the conflict between them and the, the rebel guerrillas that the indigenous people got caught in the middle of, but he has become a seed carrier of that culture that was mostly lost. And he doesn't teach us how to be Mayans. He, but he teaches through these, uh, um, through these rituals and, and connection to the earth that he was a part of how to, how for each of us to make space at the table um, for our indigenous souls to return because the truly indigenous people, which isn't just uh, when I use the term, it's not just tribal people, you know, living um, who are, you know, official members of, of maybe their, um, you know, first nations tribes, but really just everyday people living in congruence with their earth based traditions or practices um, that they've, that, that have been happening for, for many years when, when they, these people have been chased out of their, of their places of origin for, for thousands and thousands of years. And so we cannot, you know, so many of us now in this, who have been born into such a consumerist culture um, who might be separated from our indigenous ways, because we all were indigenous at some point on this earth, but many of us, especially people of European descent, are so far removed for so many generations. So, so many of us now find ourselves, you know, in North America or maybe wherever you're listening. Um, we find ourselves wanting to seek that connection with the earth. And so it, it feels natural to to want to find it, to go search for it. But the interesting thing is that when you go search for it, that's the same chasing that's happened for so many years. And so, you know, oftentimes the indigenous soul within each of us will flee. And so what we're learning one of the things that Martine teaches us is how to set the table of your life in order to mm. make a seat at the table that the indigenous soul within you can actually return on its own. And so that looks like slowing down. That looks like getting to know the land around you and what plants grow in your bioregion. And maybe not, you know, I love traveling and, and I, I definitely struggle with these things. I'm not perfect, but maybe not traveling so much and, and getting to know your bioregion and, and learning to do the things that the people in your place have done, you know, learning how to weave um, and spin cotton and wool into thread or learning how to weave a basket or doing the things that human hands have been doing for so many thousands of years, which have been just in the last couple generations really um, eliminated from our, our cultural practices. And, and I find that when I take time to slow down and do some of those things, when I look at nature as source, as the holy, then it gives me a deeper sense of fulfillment um, in my life. And so I've been really focusing on that path and, and, um, and finding it to be very nourishing um, and then I also definitely hold my Sufi uh, practices that I was born into this lineage. It's a, it's a mysterious story of how it came to the United States. It's, you know, through a series of teachers from Persia that brought it to India in um, many, many generations ago. And then it mixed with all sorts of Buddhist and Hindu culture. And then in the early 1900s that that, that particular lineage 
was uh, through a teacher named Hazar Danayat Khan was sent to America and to the West and found its way into the hands of some amazing people in the Bay Area where it mixed with the um, the hippie bohemian culture and actually became sort of reborn into the original um, bohemian roots of sort of what that that tradition started with expression and poetry. You know, some of these Sufi poets like Hafiz or, or Rumi that you know of, I mean, the Sufi path was was at one point very, very artistic and, and in many places continued to be that way, but some places came more into an austere meditation practice um, centered approach. And so when this path came back through the Bay Area in the um, early 1900s, all the way up until the 1960s, it sort of rebirthed that really artsy um, expression based uh, core back into existence. And now that particular order of Sufism called the Ruhania is spreading again throughout the world. Um, and so I was born into that. And so regardless of, of some of my questioning sometimes of like, who am I to be, you know, practicing this ancient Persian lineage? I'm some like white hippie hip hop <laughs> cat, like grew up in the Midwest and <laughs> like in California, but still spirit put me here, you know? And so I have these, these, these teachings that have been passed through thousands of years of lineage that, that I was born into. And so I do still use uh, many of those practices and my connection with teachers that I have formally initiated with on that path um, for other elements of, of my spirituality. So, you know, I think I could probably wax poetic about this topic for um, a long time, but suffice it to say that <laughs> I think that my spiritually is my spirituality is, is constantly evolving and I just seek to find um, teachers and guides. And, and these days, I actually, a big part of my spirituality is personal growth and people like Brene Brown and the work that she does around vulnerability and authenticity and shame and resilience and belonging. Um, you know, for those of you who may not know, she's a, a, a qualitative researcher who is studying shame, who ended up finding so much uh, beautiful golden gems among the people she was studying that now she's uh, almost like a, a personal growth uh, guru of sorts that came to it from an academic perspective, but through her work has just discovered so many beautiful universal truths about how to deal with our challenging emotions and how to be wholehearted people, not running from our shame, but really just um, being with what exists inside of us and, and dealing with our challenges in a way that helps us grow into better and more wholehearted people. And so, you know, for everything from Brene Brown and her work to, you know, Joseph Campbell's work to Richard Rudd and the Gene Keys, which I know you've had on your show before, to my Sufi yeah. teachers, to earth-based First Nations approaches from people like Martin Prechtel and others. It's it's a it's definitely an ever-evolving amalgamation, um, a cauldron, a bubbling cauldron of a recreation that's constantly happening inside my heart as I seek to always become a, a better person and and become uh, in tune to in tune every day with the source that resides deep in my heart you are a poet indeed my friend <laughs> <laughs> beautifully beautifully said uh, I that being said I want to bring up since uh, interestingly enough as we uh, talked about this whole clearing of, of words that may be triggering you know at the same time get this at the same time I saw this 
powwow comment the you know first time or, or article or whatever it was i can't quite remember a week ago, about a week ago um i also saw around the same time another um word that was brought up uh, as uh, potentially uh problematic and one that we should look at removing from um our vocabulary and that word was indigenous and the reason was what this person was saying is that the root word is indigent which uh, having pulled it up it's suffering from extreme poverty impoverished archaic deficient totally lacking in something uh specified uh so indigent you know from indigenous so and i know of course obviously coming from you like there's no like you know intention to to use a word that is uh you know and it sounds like even like your your teacher probably uses the word, but interestingly enough, I think there's so much of this woven into our language. When we break down the words, it's like, you know, you, you, as you said earlier, words are so powerful that, you know, they're, they're spelling, they're casting a spell, you know, abracadabra, as I speak, I create, I create as I speak rather. And um, so uh, that's one, I don't know, I, I'm assuming you probably haven't bumped up against that yet or heard this, but I, because I, I just heard it a few days ago myself. But uh, yeah, supposedly, you know, I mean, obviously you can see the word in there, indigent and in, indigenous and, you know, basically looking up as ar- archaic and lacking and impoverished and, you know, all these, these things. Yeah, I actually have not heard that one. <laughs> so thanks for bringing it to my attention. Yeah. Um, I figured. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> my teacher does use that word. And, um, and it's interesting, too, because etymology is also tricky because sometimes words appear to come from one place and they may or they oh, may not. Maybe don't. There's sometimes other roots, right, too. Right, right, right. So that's one I'm going to have to look at. So thanks for bringing it to my awareness. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I thought of that even as, you know, because I heard it a week ago and I, it's not like I've looked into it. So as you said it, it reminded me. And so I looked it up and, you know, seeing the word part of the definition, you know, archaic, you know, it's like, okay, I bet you this is how it was derived from this word by whoever originally coined it. You know, you think of, you know, I could definitely see the uh, way too full of himself uh, ancestor of mine. Or yours, you know, the white man. Oh, these people are archaic. They, you know, they. It's it, it, let's call them well, indigenous. I, I, so. Another thought I have on that actually is, and this this gets sort of deep. Is like, okay, so when we look at the word like archaic, or we or mm. or indigent, and like there are all these associations with like someone who is not like wealthy or doesn't like someone who's doing hard work or is like has right. to work for that in turn pre- is based on an association that doing hard work is bad and that we mm-hmm. want to get away from that. And really mm. truly, I think most of us, especially who have grown up in this like technological inundated society find that when we go out and we put our hands in the earth and we get yeah. our rake or our hoe out, or we do sit down to make some pottery or to learn how to weave a basket, that sure. that's actually deeply fulfilling work. That's, that's work that <laughs> right, makes right, our right. soul feel so good. It's what human hands have been doing for so many generations. And, and, and my teacher like moving my, meditation. 
Yeah. And my teacher, Martine, oftentimes says that a lot of the, the social illness that we see in like, in like uh, uh, mental conditions and anxiety and depression in our world, you know, if you have someone who's suffering like from depression and you sit them down and teach them how to make a basket, that, that they're going to feel good again. And so it, 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 it leads me to this question mm. of why do we associate hard work with being less than that maybe even if that word indigenous does come from that term indigent let's like let's uncover that and see why the term indigent is such a negative term that that is associating that you're supposed to get away from you know doing the hard work of putting your hands in the earth and and of and of spent and using your physical body to do like meaningful labor and and why that's necessarily such a a bad thing it may be one of the most beautiful things we can do so i don't know that's just a thought process that comes up for me when around this sure yeah yeah and i think i think you're spot on with that especially when you talk about the archaic uh element of it or like you know you think of some something that's uh you know oh well they don't have technology or this or that it's like man is is that a bad thing right uh of course when you look at what you know and of course uh, just looking it up there's a couple you know definition one two and then one being suffering from extreme poverty impoverished you know obviously that's like poverty you know it's like right 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 it's poverty (laughs) like not having money you know it's in, in in one of his books he talks talks about in the um, intro about, uh, and this is Martine I'm referring to again, about how um, with a lot of Native folks, they were living close to the land and they had everything they needed. And I think we can talk about this in a lot of different cultures. They have everything they need already, but then this like modern culture comes in and tells them, oh, because you don't have money, you're poor. And and it's like, what was right, the definition right. of poor? They were actually abundant. Like, sure, they didn't have money, but they had food from the land and they traded for you know all the things that they needed but then all of a sudden there's the system that comes in that says well because you don't have this plastic stuff and you don't have a tv and you you don't have you're poor and all of a sudden they think of themselves as poor and it's like this uh there's this i think there's another story that i heard uh somewhere i'm trying to see if i can remember it right but it's like yeah there was like i think I saw this on Facebook. It's like, you know, you could pick any culture, but they say, oh, there's a, a Mexican fisherman who fishes and catches enough fish to feed his family and maybe to sell a little bit and meet his needs. And then he does that for three or four hours a day. And the rest of the day, he lies on the beach on his hammock or plays games with his kids. And so then the wealthy, you know, fisherman comes in from the north and says, oh, well, what if you're doing so good as a fisherman? What if you just, you know, got like a uh, you know, another boat and you could c- catch twice as much fish and then you could start selling it in the market in Mexico city. And then you could make more money and take that money. And then you could get a whole fleet of boats and then you could be you yeah. know, catching tons of fish. And then eventually you can retire so that you can lay on the beach in your hammock and play <laughs> exactly. with your kids. And he's like, I already do that. Like, I don't need that. It's like, what is our definition it's of poverty brilliant. and wealth? You know, it's, 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 it's an so interesting. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. It's someone who has um, scaled businesses. Uh, I I can so <laughs> relate to that story because it's like, you know, as a serial entrepreneur my whole life, it's like, oh, yeah, the entrepreneur is someone who won't work for someone else. You know, they're just so they're, you know, they're 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 so um, against the idea of working for someone else and being their own boss. So they're a slave to themselves for 
60 hours a week, right? right or 80 right. hours a week or whatever it is. It's the same kind of thing. That, and it's like, I think sorry, this is a place. No, that's great. I think this is a place that actually leads into like another topic of our conversation because like there is, and I, I am an entrepreneur as well. And, and, and I think that there's also at the same time that we explore this concept, there's also a very powerful an amazing, liberating beauty to be able to work for yourself and to create, you know, sure. abundance in your life that can actually, that will help you up level and create things that you may not be able to create. So by telling that story, I'm not saying, oh yeah, everybody just like go work hard and, and be a part of the, the system or something. Like, I think that it's, that entrepreneurship offers a really valuable path, but I think that it's important to assess at all times and return to our center about, you know, what are we actually working for and are, is what we're doing mm. with our entrepreneurship, bringing us closer to that goal of being in harmony and being in love and having, you know, time freedom and having financial freedom and sovereignty, which is a word that I just have been loving so much in the, mm. in the past couple of years. Mm does do the actions that we're taking bring us to that and that's and that's why i you know i thought about for a long time taking the path of being you know a coach online and like i i i have i think i've accumulated the experience and skills to be able to at least make some kind of humble offering to folks who might want to seek out you know my um advice in terms of of a coach but but i look at so many of my friends who are existing and, and who are building businesses in that space and i see them working really, 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 really hard to constantly recreate their content and constantly, you know, and it's like, how different is that from bagging groceries? I mean, it definitely has a, it definitely right. has a, a much more like meaningful um, yep. substance to it, but like maybe there are ways that we can actually leverage our time in a model, which allows us to create um a, a a generator which allows us to actually get back to the beach and to our kids and to the hammock you know and that's why i have that that questioning is what led me into my ethical networking business and and right. everything that i'm doing around that so i think those are good questions to be asking as well yeah it's it's Absolutely. And, you know, I'd love to uh, go down that rabbit hole a little bit with you because obviously those who've been listening to the show for a while know, you know, I've been very, very slow in three and a half years to introduce any sort of sponsors or anything like that. And of course, um, six months ish ago, uh, I introduced the second uh, sponsor. Uh, Guy has been, you know, sponsoring for, for a while, a uh, year and a half or two years or something like that. But uh, Purium, which is how I met you. You. And um, honestly, Tyler, you're the big, big, uh, you know, having Dave Sandoval, the founder on uh, was was a big part of it. Uh, having Amy on, uh, you know, his partner shortly after. She's amazing. Uh, but really, you know, d d interacting, I've interacted the most with you and you've really been the biggest inspiration. You know, when I, you know, I started looking at this, like, okay, anything I'm introducing to my audience, it's like, this is like holy ground for me, this, this show. And it's 
like I've done a lot of things to make money in my life as a serial entrepreneur, and this wasn't one of them. <laughs> I set out to do this from the heart because my passion to help uh, elevate, raise consciousness, uh, including my own, starting with my own, teaching best what I most need to learn. And, you know, but one of the things I did set out with the intention initially was, man, it would be really awesome at some point. You know, I remember thinking it really, really early on. At some point, I'd like to find something for myself that, you know, not only is uh, helping to, you know, I'm doing all this heart and mind work with the show five days a week, but something that's the physical counterpart. As as an entrepreneur who, even after recording this, I'm going to go to an office and work on another business that's flourishing and takes a lot of my time and energy. So I'm juggling so much. Like, ah, what's the easiest way to get super high vibe superfoods into my system efficiently, quickly? Because I certainly don't have time to go be Chef Brandon, you know, uh, shopping at the market all day. And um, I'm, I'm not quite as smart as the fisherman on the beach yet. And so I, uh, you know, and that's when I was introduced to to Purium and and then you and and I was just so impressed. And then you know, with it with the whole network of people and getting to go to the convention, which luckily was right down the road from my house, and being like, oh my goodness, this is like this is like a, a festival with a a, a, a a mission, right? I mean, the the people, the heart energy that I felt, and then you know, starting to experiment with the products and sharing that with the audience, you know, and then you know, seeing transformations for people. Like, you know, our friend Ian, who've lost 40 pounds and, you know, just like I, I've been taking the products literally every day since. So um, I'd love to maybe just spend a few minutes uh, you talking a little bit about, you know, your journey in ethical networking, because you've really stepped into, you know, Purium's a pretty big and ever growing organization, but you really are stepping in as a, as a major leader in the organization and for good reason. So, you know, uh, I'd love to just hear whatever it is you have to share about uh, that journey and, 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 you know, give us some insight into it. Absolutely. I'd love to share. Um, you know, I mentioned my upbringing and uh, when I was growing up, uh, my parents did their best and we had an incredibly beautiful life full and rich with amazing experiences, but we never had much money. Um, yeah. And we were, I, I, I remember throughout my childhood, my mom, like very consistently evaluating whether we had enough money to do certain things and us making sacrifices and I had some other friends whose parents were well off and, and I always, I always wanted to have more money. You know, I always wanted to be able to um, live a higher quality of life and do all the things that I wanted to do and not have to think about whether I could afford that little, you know, extra treat or afford to do that thing, you know, that I really, you know, some activity or whatever. And so um, I really made a commitment that I didn't want to follow the path of the 40, 40, 40, you know, I wanted to uh, live my life now. Like I wanted it to be, I don't want to spend my time pinching pennies and saving for some retirement, you know, after, you know, my 40 hours a week for 40 years or whatever, I want to live my life now. So after I came out of high school, I just started living my life. I did not, I chose not to go to college and I decided I just wanted to travel the world and experience super fun things and go to protests and, and environmental. I did a, you know, I did a tree sit first tree sit East of the Mississippi participated in and, and I went down to the school of the Americas protests in Columbus, Georgia. And I ended up being invited through a reggae hip hop Kirtan band that I was part of at the time back in my hippie days. Um, 
through a gig in Colorado, I met uh, the Entheon Village folks, Matt Atwood and uh, and Coco Polly and, and Ben Holt, and ended up going out to Burning Man for my first time with Maps Camp, which became uh, Entheon Village. And so I started going to the West Coast and Burning Man led me to all the West Coast festival culture and so I basically spent my entire 20s living in one of the most expensive places in the world, the Bay Area, and having a blast and having so much fun and emceeing and DJing and, and stage managing and managing workshops and working in the back end of events and throwing my own events, uh, which are always fundraisers for good causes that brought together hip hop and underground bass music culture. I had a, a production company called Cyphertown and um, I did a lot of that work and it was so much fun, but I never really had much money and I was always struggling month to month to make ends meet and pay the bills. Um, and that was okay. You know, it always worked. And I ended up um, supporting myself mostly to be completely honest. I was trimming in Northern California and working as a manicuring agent in the cannabis industry. And then I also started driving for Uber and Lyft in the Bay area. And that was great. I started by that sort of started exposing me to the social sharing economy where I could, you know, just download an app on my phone and, and choose when I wanted to work. And that, that gave me the kind of freedom that I wanted but still, I was still just making ends meet. And so then, as I spoke about earlier, I started to really dig into like, okay, I want to create a legacy on this planet. Like, I really want to help make this right. planet a better place. And am I going to do that through working Lyft and Uber and through trimming and like barely making ends meet? No, like the people who are controlling the narrative of our planet are people like the Koch brothers who are funding the entire Republican Party, who are these billionaire oil right. executives, you know, and like they like as much as we work to like get our victory with our tree sit, then like the next politician comes in and just reversed the whole thing and ended up cutting that forest anyway. And it was like, what was that wow. work we did for? Like, you know, it was a great victory, right. but at the same time, it just gets turned around. And so who, how are those politicians being, being elected? Well, most of them because of decisions like Citizens United and the Supreme Court, where they did away with most campaign finance restrictions from corporations, they're being financed by these billionaires. So my natural line of thinking was, we need to be the billionaires. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay. Yes. Am I gonna saying be a- <laughs> that. I'm <laughs> so with like, you on that one. Am I going to be a billionaire by doing what I'm doing? No, I'm not. Okay. So how do I become, and I, I'm not saying necessarily want to, want to necessarily become a billionaire. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that'd be good, but like. I've been saying how- it my whole life. I want to become a billionaire <laughs> to use money to get rid of money. Like, okay, there you go. Uh, yeah. Yes. So I'm with that. So basically then I started looking. I was like, okay, what can I do to get there? And what I ended up finding was network marketing, also known in the past as MLM. Now, I will be the first to say that most people in the world do MLM, what's now known as network marketing in many circles, all wrong, super wrong. Like a lot of the time, many of the companies who utilize this model, they start from a place of scarcity. They, they, they tell people, oh, go out and get your friends quick before someone else does. Or like they force everyone who wants the products, which are oftentimes really great, great products to be a distributor because how else are people going to share them? We got to make them be a distributor and sign up for their auto ship yep. and their membership and blah, blah, blah. Well, people hate that. I hate that. Like, why would you yeah. ever want to be in that energy? It's like, it's weird. It's pressury. It's salesy. It doesn't feel like 
authentic. It turns people from yep. just like relating with their friends naturally into these like salespeople who, and then you're like, what, why are you contacting me? Are you just trying to get me to buy something? Like these are all super legitimate thoughts. And so when I started looking yep. at network marketing, what I saw is I saw that culture, but when I looked deeper, I saw that that the business model isn't actually anything to do with that. That's more the culture that people are using the business model. Just like you could like, you know, have really crappy Mexican food at Taco Bell. You can also have a, a restaurant that's creating like handmade, really delicious artisan, artisan, you know, Mexican food. But just because Taco Bell sucks doesn't mean that that amazing artisan restaurant sucks. Right. So just like that, any company, any retail company can be run really poorly and like, you know, with crappy products or else they can, it can be a great retail establishment that's selling eco goods, you know, fair trade from around the world. Da, da, da. So I started looking at network marketing and, and, and when I look at the structure of, of network marketing, which there's, I want to also call out, there's this word marketing, which is really triggering to people because we live in this culture that's like inundated with fake plastic crap and all of these commercials that are trying to get you to buy this shit you don't need. And we associate that with this term marketing. But when you look back at like, say like the Silk Road or like ancient markets, or you go to like maybe another country and you go to a night market that sells all this cool stuff, like there's this positive feeling. Truly the marketplace is just an exchange of ideas and products and services. It's the community center. Traditionally, it's where people meet in the plaza to be together. And so, um, I just like to like illuminate that thought because when I say network marketing, we have this word marketing and that can have a, a, a negative connotation too. So I'm starting with language too and picking it apart. So, so when I look at, I like to call this ethical networking now because, because what we're really doing is, is utilizing a system, which is the most equitable system of wealth distribution on the planet. And we're doing it in a way which comes from abundance mentality. And actually we're, we're connected with this company in this case, Purium, which is run by my friends, my good friends, Dave and Amy, who have been in the, were some of the original founders of the organic movement back in the seventies and eighties. And, and they didn't get into this because they wanted to start a company and find some product that they could sell. They got into this because they're passionate about healing the planet through nutrition and helping people's lives be empowered by, by, gaining physical sovereignty over their body vessel by not having to be beholden to the for-profit medical and pharmaceutical industry by eating good food. It's a philosophy of, of naturopathy, which says that if you provide your, your body with the right nutrition, then your body knows how to heal itself. So these amazing yeah. people have been working, Dave and Amy have been working with um, with with nutrition and superfoods. Dave was one of the first people to ever import coconut oil before coconut oil was a thing into the United States. He's been working with a lot of these foods long before they were, you know, trendy and, and at the tip top of culture. And so they had this beautiful product because originally they were making products for other companies, right? And these companies um, were selling products in the retail space and the retail space incentivizes competition, which drives pr uh, quality down in order for people to get the lowest prices, right? And to be able to increase right. the profit margin. And so all these companies were coming to them as a white labeling company. They were making these products, selling them to other companies, which put their label on them and sold them in stores. And all the companies that are sell selling them in stores are saying, hey, can you just like, you know, cut, cut that quality a little bit so we can get it cheaper, we <laughs> yeah. need it cheaper, da, da, da. And Dave and Amy eventually were like, 
No, like that's not what we're here for. We're here to create beautiful, amazing products. So that's why they created Purium to be able to have this, you know, the word Purium is pure and premium together. It's to create products which actually give us the nourishing plant ally medicine that our bodies really need. And so they created this company. And so I could go off on the science and the purity of the products, you know, every single batch of every ingredient is lab tested down to the molecular level level using infrared spectrometers to be beyond way beyond the USDA organic standard, totally non GMO and not just non GMO, but products that remove glyphosate and environmental toxins that come from Monsanto from our lower gut and reheal the damage done to be totally free of any kinds of traces of chemicals, pesticides grown in t- rich, dark, 80 feet topsoil, mineral rich. that's so rare in our world and these pristine environments with single source water, hundreds of miles away from any kind of polluting industry. I mean, I could go on and on about, you know, you've heard my history. Like I am someone who will only stand for the most powerful, dehydrated at 60 degrees. So yeah, I mean, right. Yeah. Every other, every other powder you ever get from the store is dehydrated between 100 and 118 under 118 considered raw. But like, if you imagine like wheatgrass juice under 118 degree heat, like you're going to lose so much of that vitality. So like Dave is someone who talks with indigenous folks and with uh, old timers and combines that with modern science. And he learned from this old timer, a way to dehydrate at 60 degrees. That's room temperature that preserves 99% of what you were getting. If you were in your kitchen, juicing fresh every day cleaning your juicer and growing bubbling tanks of spirulina on your counter. I mean, not even the best hippies do that. So it's like, right. so, so here you have this company that's doing all this for you and creating this really simple, accessible system of nutrition, which is part of the reason I'm so passionate is because if we want to help heal the world, we have to go outside of just preaching to the choir. We need to be able to create things which people, busy parents who are working three or four jobs and, you know, may have no choice but to take their kids through the fast food just to get some kind of food in their body have an alternative. They have something that can be quick and easy. And so making it accessible is truly how we go outside of our circles of people who are already awakened and help other people. Um, it's like the gateway to to a healthy lifestyle. So the company, I could go on and on about that, but I want to return back to saying that when I, when I started looking at all this, I found that the system of network marketing, of ethical networking is a system which distributes wealth by um, how like it like what you get in is what you put or what you what you put in is what you get out. So any person, regardless of age, gender, class, race, ability, educational status, financial status, can start their own business. Which typically, and Brandon, you know this more than anyone, probably like it takes hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. To start a business. And then you're developing your own products. You're developing your own website, fulfillment funding. I mean, most entrepreneurs are in the red operating at a loss for three to five years before they even turn a profit at all. And it's, it sets such a high bar of entry that it's hard for everyday people. And I think we see people more and more trying to start their own businesses on, you know, Instagram and social media and everything who are struggling, who it looks so easy, but like, you know, 90 some percent of businesses are going to fail. So here you have a system where this company has created everything you need. They have the products which are tried and true for 25 years. They have 
the all of the marketing that's gone through several different iterations that is totally fine-tuned. They have their fulfillment where the manufacturer and the distributors are in total control of all of the quality. We're growing with these products with love and intention. You know, our CEO, instead of living in the Hollywood Hills, it lives in a glorified barn on a piece of land that he's protecting near Sequoia <laughs> National I've Forest. And he's I've doing sweat lodges and and preserving an oasis in the desert for animals to be able to drink so a water bottling company didn't take it over. I mean, this is a company that's truly, truly founded Walking on love and intention. Exactly. And, and then utilizing a system where instead of the true people have heard this term pyramid scheme, well, the pyramid scheme is a corporation because if you think about, let's say Whole Foods, you got your people bagging groceries at the bottom and then maybe you have people who are like stocking the shelves and maybe you can make your way up to a manager level position. But as the you know chain of, um, of promotion goes up and hierarchy. up, there are less hierarchy. There are less and less people that are making more and more money. And if you look on Wikipedia right Right now, and you search wealth, income, disparity, or something like that, you'll see that the average CEO makes in one hour what the average worker makes in a month in our country. And so you have all these corporations where the money is all going to the top. And how many of those backers yep. are going to become the CEO? Like none. You know, there's no opportunity there. You can't, our whole system is based on this competition you know, thing where we're all like idealizing these success stories that are actually such a small percentage of people that can even create that. So with network marketing, if done right, if done in a way where people are coming from a heart centered space, they're, they're using consent culture in order to ask questions and ask permission to share. They're sharing something that's made a beautiful impact on their lives and that people want and need not being salesy, not throwing brand names out there all the time, letting the website sell the products, but you just telling your story using Brene Brown's work around the power of authenticity and Joseph Campbell's work around the hero's journey format to get out there and be storytellers about things that we care about. And then when people want that, they can use our code. So Purium is an affiliate marketing company where you can get a code just like Uber and Lyft, just like Airbnb, you can share your code, but instead of getting credit, you make 20% cash on not just the first time people order, but on every single time people order for the for life. And people love these products and they start using them over and over again and, and incorporating them into their lifestyle. So imagine if you shared Airbnb and with someone and instead of that $25 credit, you got 20% of that, you know, thousand dollar rental that they're getting. Right. And then every time they use Airbnb, you got 20% of forever. what they use forever, you know? And so with this system, if we utilize it and communicate with people in a heart centered way, that's not burning bridges, but building relationships. And we're helping people get connected through the market marketplace of something that they really, really want, then this particular system is actually compensating you based on your time and energy and what you put in. And there is no limit to how many quote unquote CEOs you can have. Like right now, our, distri- right. our distributors are making more money than the owners of the company. The owners of the company are, are putting Way all their more. money back into it. And the distributors are able to, so you, you can be one of those leaders. And so what I do is I specialize in helping people utilize this system in order to build their own personal brand. Some people are, are, are coaches or podcasters like you, or just mamapreneurs wanting to bring you know their 
husband home from work to spend more time with the kids or people who are just passionate about health and wellness yoga teachers. We mentioned Eddie and Kristen, our brand partners with us, Eddie Modestini. They're helping yoga teachers create a secondary stream of income because most yoga teachers don't make enough money. So with this system, we are creating financial empowerment and there are people within network marketing who make upwards of $10,000, dollars $100,000 a month by building this. And it's not easy. It takes work, but the work is very lucrative. A lot for what you're doing. So what my goal is, and I return back to this world changing is that I want to help hundreds and thousands of people make at least 10,000 or more dollars per month by telling their heart centered story and sharing truly organic non GMO superfoods, which improve people's lives, whether they just want to be a customer, which is totally fine, or they want to, you know, be a brand partner and share with people and then take a percentage of that money altogether, pool it together, create consensus driven, basically trusts of money to be able to influence our world and create the healing that we need by creating economic wealth among people who have uh, you know, ethics and values of, of sustainability, of love, of compassion, of peace and justice. And if we truly are going to make the change that this world so desperately needs right now, if we are to come back from the brink of mass extinction and climate change that's happening in our country, we must go faster. We must create this economic power quickly so that we can step up to the Koch brothers of the world. We can fund the progressive politicians like Ocasio-Cortez, like Bernie Sanders, like so many everyday people who are starting to get involved with politics to bring a progressive and a truly working people's message to the halls of government to actually change our policies and save our world. And so for me, it's like if the culture is poisoned, if your lower gut is poisoned with glyphosate, if our culture is poisoned by unethical and unjust economic standards, if our culture and our families are poisoned and we have the antidote, is it an opportunity to share or is it an obligation? I think it's an obligation. So I am stepping forward to help people do this. So the first thing that you can do to walk on this path with us is to join us in this new year to reset your health and to reset your intentions and to do some nourishing yoga and to fill your body, flood your body with positive nutrition, and then to explore whether this is something you might want to share with your communities. If so, great. If not, totally fine for you to do it on your own and join us by placing an order through Branded, which will support his podcast with the code positive head to keep this work going and then get your order of the 40 day ultimate nutrition package and join us to reset your health in the new year and create this world that is so desperately needed, this beautiful world, which is not just possible, but is probable because of all of our loving hearts and intentions and actions that we as heart centered, positive heads are creating in this world. Woo! Preach it, brother. <laughs> I'm a little bit that passionate, is if you can't tell. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think there's some authenticity in there. Um, <laughs> wow, you are such an inspiration. And that's the, the, the cool thing about this is you can just use the products. I, I'm addicted to them. I mean, I, I truly am. I, take, I have them every day. I used to reach for an energy drink, a, a Samazon organic energy drink, which, by the way, are really good. Um, and uh, But now it's like I'm so high from what I have in the afternoon, the Spectrum Greens mixed with the Can't Beat This and the Lemon Lime Juice. It's like so tasty. And I'm like high as I can be from all this nutrition flooding my system. And 
And so I don't even want the energy drink anymore because I, I get real energy being pumped into my system. And it's like, I feel so good if I do have something that is, you know, maybe healthy-ish or not that healthy or whatever. It's like, well, I've had that or I had the power shake in the morning or whatever. Um, it's just been such a powerful tool for me as someone who's so busy to have it at arm's length. And, and, and I've really just got addicted to it. And it, what's wonderful is the way uh, Dave and Amy have set up the company is, hey, if you just want to take it yourself, no problem. You don't have to be a brand partner and distribute it. The cool thing is if you do, um, there's a reason 80% of women in the US uh, that make six figures or more are doing so through network marketing. Um, you know, that's that's an incredible statistic. And, and, and as you said, it the model, it's, I'm someone who... Uh, I, you know, I, I feel confident that, you know, I, I certainly there, I got lots to learn, but one thing I say, I probably know more about than the average person is business. Having been an entrepreneur since I was, you know, 10 years old or whatever. And, um, you know, having started a company, uh, on my friend's couch with no, I mean, penniless, pretty much living on my friend's couch, believing I could manifest and create and anything I wanted and, and taking all my years of failed entrepreneurial experience, uh, those lessons and parlayed them into starting a company, uh, that went on to be in 2015 re- recognized as the Inc 569th fastest growing private company in the U S I did it with no startup capital. We, we ended up raising millions of dollars toward in the last year, but, uh, before I exited, but, um, you know, to get there, it's like, it's unheard of where, where we got to, um, one, you know, what I set out to do one in 10,000 entrepreneurs ever get there to 10 million a year in revenue or more, uh, is the statistic. It's unheard of. As you said, most businesses fail. Um, and you know, I'm doing it again with another business that's even got a crazier trajectory right now, um, in, in growth trajectory. But the thing I loved when I was introduced to this was Purium is our, our network marketing to me was like, wow, I love this model. The money goes back to the people instead of like Whole Foods, you use this example. Well, Jeff Bezos makes like 8 million an hour now or something, the wealthiest man in the world, you know? Meanwhile, the, the people running it are fighting to get like $15 an hour, I think, you know? So most of the money is being funneled upstairs. It's truly a, a real pyramid scheme, uh, ironically. And um, so uh, with this, all of the the, the lion's share is going back to the people who led to the purchase. And that's why you have people like Tony Robbins, who, you know, here's a guy who's, you know, self-help uh, and business, uh, you know, he, he does business mastery courses and people pay him millions of dollars just to spend time learning. People who are already successful in business learning from him. And I was so, I, when I just saw this recently and I was like, wow, that's so powerful coming from Tony. And he's right. He was saying, you know, when people ask me, should I start a business? He says, the first thing I tell him is don't. <laughs> it's too it's too difficult for the average person. You got to have a certain kind of crazy to be able to wear a marketing hat and an accounting hat, a, you know, a human resources hat. I mean, there's so much that goes into it. And that's why I think most fail. They're good in one area, but not in another. And, you know, and then there's, you got to raise all this money to get it off the ground usually. And, um, years without being profitable. And he goes, uh, what I tell people to do is go find an ethical networking company with products that you absolutely love. They already have all the accounting. They already have all the software. They already have everything. All you do is 
share your story and share the products if you truly believe in them, you know? And, and I was like, wow, coming from him, it's like, he's spot on. And that's why, you know, when I was introduced to this, uh, company in, in these products, I'm like, yes, this, I will tie this in as a sponsor. And, uh, you know, and as a result, I know it will tri- trickle out. A lot of people are just that have listened to or taking the products, but, um, you know, then you have the ones who say, wow, yeah, I want to make it a, a business. Okay, cool. Well, there's zero, pretty much no startup capital necessary relatively, you know, depending on how you sign up, it might cost you a couple hundred bucks, but, um, uh, you know, there's even an option where it's completely free to get started. And, and then you have people like you said, Tala, who are making 30, I'm 30, 40, $50,000 a month who've been working hard, but for like three years, four years to get there, you know, it's like, what, who, where else can you make something like that happening while you're actually just spreading a product that is just bringing incredible healing. So yeah, that's my two and a half cents on it. You just got me fired up and excited. (laughs) I love it. And, and it's truly entrepreneurial training wheels. I mean, we're being paid to do personal growth work because the way you get good as an entrepreneur is doing personal growth work is improving your communication and your listening skills and looking at the places in you which have resistance around money or around being seen or around developing your voice. So it's such a win-win-win situation because when you become a brand partner and that just means that you get a code that you can share with people, whether you want to make money or you just want to share the products because you love them with your family and friends, um, you get access to this whole community of people who are, you know, world changers and, and eco warriors and, and activists and artists and, and just everyday people wanting to, to change their, their health and their community in the world. And we all meet on a pretty much daily basis to do personal growth work to do entrepreneurial training, things that you would pay thousands of dollars for in other settings. And people do. I have friends who pay $10,000 for a mastermind group. And we do our masterminds every day for free because the thing is this system online, online right? on Zoom. Yeah. This system is based on mutual success. So rather than it being that competition, competition-based model that we talked about with this the more successful Brandon is, the more successful I am. The more successful you are through becoming a brand partner through Brandon, then the more successful he is. So it incentivizes us to offer as much value and content for free. And contrary to the to the um, more standard coaching model where you would pay a coach money and then they'd provide you coaching services. And that coach just, once they have the money, I mean, yeah, of course they care and they want you to get better, but they don't have necessarily this as much of a financial incentive with this, there's a financial incentive to continue indefinitely working with the person to help them be successful. So it's this truly communal model It's actually permaculture. This is economic permaculture. This is a, it's, it's far from a pyramid scheme. This is actually toroidal movement of energy. It's toroidal um, economics because the money moves in circles and it's, and then the money is empowering, you know, and not just us and not just the company, but then the company is choosing to bring their economic power to organic farmers. I mean, we just helped a a collection of Thai rice farmers who are about to be bought out by Monsanto and have to abandon their traditional rice growing techniques to adopt the genetically modified pesticide ridden farming style. And because of Purium itself, we were able to form those farms into a cooperative and they turned down Monsanto's offers and we guaranteed them a market share for their rice bran solubles, also known, I think they're calling it to- to- Toka or Toko now. Um, if you look online about superfoods, 
it, that rice bran soluble, which is an, an, a, an amazing superfood, which helps burn the fat layer and release toxins so they can be flushed out of the body. Now they have a guarantee. The only, in fact, organic rice bran solubles in the world are being provided exclusively to Purium because we created an economic model, cooperative model and incentive for those farmers to continue farming traditionally. So it's just a, I mean, we could go on and on. It is a win, 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 win situation all the way around. And, and this is the world that I want to create. So I want, so I have dedicated myself to this because I have, I'm one of those people who has so many things that they want to do in the world. I have a list of my million dollar ideas. I have a list of the creative projects that I want to create. I'm going to have my own podcast at some point, but what I saw is yes. so many, yeah, it's so many of my friends, you know, I'm also a DJ and a musician and a, a spoken word poet. And, and I see so many of my friends trying so hard to get their art off the ground and struggling financially to do it. And so what I decided is that I'm going to pursue this path of ethical networking for a number of years until I have the financial income, um, financial abundance to fund, self-fund all my own projects so I won't have to struggle like that and so that I can support my family because I don't have children yet, but I was raised in a daycare home taking care of kids my whole life. And when I have children, I want to be able to world school them. I want to be able to travel all around the world. I want to have money for the luxuries that we want to stay in the nicest places and do the nicest things while giving back to the communities and doing, you know, um, volunteer work and, and to be able to, you know, relieve the pressure on my primary partner and, and not have so much financial stress and maybe even like hire an au pair or a nanny to travel with us around the world. I mean, I have these visions and, and I like this vision <laughs> and I want and, and I know that I needed to do something else to make that possible. And so now that's happening. Now this house I'm sitting in here in Northern California is completely paid for by Purium. I am um, my entire lifestyle. I'm making more money than I've ever made in my life um, with any other business or thing I've been a part of. And, and I'm just getting started. And so, you know, whether the, you don't have to be like me to do this. There are many people who just have a very simple want in their life. They just want to have some better nutrition and they just want to have a better life for their family or just a 500 extra bucks per month. Make to, an extra thousand bucks. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. and, and so, and I'm so grateful to Purium that they have actually diversified our model so that there's, we're, like I said, we're a hybrid company. So if people want to be a customer, they can just be a customer. There's no membership. There's no auto ship. They get the same discount that any brand partner would get. They can just straight up e-commerce, Shopify platform, just buy the products. And all they do is use the affiliate code from the person they learned about it through, in this case, branded with positive head as the code. And then they can just, you can just buy the products. There's no commitment because Purium is, is, is dwelling in a place of abundance as a company that we know that we don't need to force people to be distributors by making it the only path to get the products you can buy the products and and use them on your own and then if you feel so called to share you can either upgrade your account to be a business part uh, brand partner or you can refer people to using brandon's code or from the beginning if you feel that entrepreneurial spark in your spirit and you're ready to create something different in your world and you want to you know even if you just made a couple of dollars off it ever experience the personal growth work the community the live events we're doing we're doing an event in Kauai um in the end of february where we will do entrepreneurial 
entrepreneurial training. We'll go to the beach together. We do a plant honoring ceremony all together. And we gather to do these late night, deep drop in personal growth sessions. And like, you know, Super powerful. Very powerful stuff. You know, Brandon came to our national convention. We have a this event called Unconvention, which is a Purium family micro festival and camp out with yoga and DJ sets and and workshops on nutrition and a whole kids village and sweat lodge that we do on the CEO's personal property and land. I mean, there's there you can be involved at any at at any level that you want, and you can find your way through it by by engaging in the way that feels good to you to start um, and and then selecting, self-selecting what feels good as a continuance of that path. And so anyway, um, I know that we're going to have to wrap up soon here. And so I just want to say that that if if you would like to know more, please get a hold of Brandon or I and the Positive Heads group on Facebook, or we have an independent group specifically for people exploring this plant nutrition plant-based lifestyle path called the positive plant posse and you can connect with us there and find out you know you can go to positive head slash transformation to find out more about this and also to join us for this to start your 2019 with yoga and superfoods and intentions and a community that's going to be holding you accountable and supporting you to meet your goals, whether that those goals are weight loss, in which we talk about weight loss, it's all um, with a positive body image. We just want to help you. We don't want to reinforce any cultural standards in relation to beauty or anything just to help you achieve your goals. But with this program, you know, people lose five to 20 pounds in 10 to 20 days, build muscle. If you don't want to lose weight, we can alter it and help you build, um, uh, and gain weight. We have athletic version of the program, full metabolic reset, cellular nutrition, detoxing the the environmental pesticides and Monsanto's glyphosate roundup from the lower gut, healing the damage done, oftentimes supporting the body to heal from intense health conditions, et cetera, et cetera. So doing the the New Year's um, group, the New Year's intentional group transformation, um, and you can find more about what the protocol actually means uh, and actually looks like on on the uh, on the website or by asking us and we can send you some videos you can also send an email to puriam at positivehead.com to get that information so we just love i mean obviously we're passionate about the products we're passionate about the business model and everything that you heard about my background has has led me to this place and now i love just giving people shortcuts because this is what i've chosen so if yeah. you want to just like skip right to it you know i'd love to open that door for you You've put in the work and it, that's the thing you said. It's like, you, you know, I've watched you. It's like you work it hard. Yeah, it's hard work, but it's it's rewarding work. And not everyone has to be Tala, right? But if someone wants to be like Tala and wants to, to make an incredible living doing this sort of work, spreading plant medicines, healing people uh, essentially with this superfood, then the great thing about it is he is super uh, motivated to nurture you and guide you and mentor you you when i decided to to partner up the show with this i said you know tala i i really really love what you're doing but i'm so busy with five podcasts a, a week and then you know my other company that's just you know a lot going on there and you were like brandon the great thing about it is we're all incented to make sure everyone is successful who does want to distribute who wants to be a brand partner and and you've shown that i mean like you know hand holding answering questions directly with 
products or the, you know, the, the entrepreneurial piece of it and helping to, you know, all the training that you guys are offering. It's incre- it truly is incredible to, to watch. And so just to uh, kind of, as we, as we wind down here, for those of you who want to uh, participate just in the transformation and cleanse at the first of the year, you can uh, certainly go and get the 40-day ultimate nutrition plan. Uh, ten of that is going to be the, the the transformation with the yoga with uh, Eddie and um, as we discussed. And, and then um, you can go to, to – positivehead.com forward slash transformation. You can, if you just have questions, you can email purium at positivehead.com. Tala will be answering anything that comes there. Uh, or, and if you know you already just want to go, you can go straight to the, the ishoppurium.com website and use the code positivehead and you'll get uh, 25% off. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, it's exciting. I'm, I'm excited. We had hundreds of people do it, you know, last spring. Uh, and so, I, I, you know, with the New Year's resolution and everything, I think it's, it's just like such ideal timing to, to do something like this. And I'm sure having, uh, there'll be a lot of people, I'm, I'm imagining that will be coming together, sort of holding each other's hands through uh, the whole process. I honestly found it much easier than I thought those 10 days. I had never done anything like that, you know, uh, with that little of solid food for 10 days but because of the protocol and the way it's set up you're having shakes regularly it was like wow this is pretty easy i could keep i was really surprised i I love food so i was like it it was much easier than i expected uh you know and and yeah i've been taking the products every day since wonderful well brandon i just have to say that i am so grateful that spirit led me um to cross your path. You've become such a great friend, an incredible ally. And I'm just, I'm so appreciative of the work that you're doing in the world because I mean, y'all listening, can you imagine doing five podcasts a week for years on end? I mean, that's dedication. <laughs> it takes a certain wow. kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that's the kind of crazy that I want to be around. So thank you so much for the work. That you uh, thank you for that acknowledgement. And uh, you are a beautiful reflection, my friend. And for those who want to just connect with you, you know, uh, in general, what, what is the best, best way to do that? Um, I'd say, you know, Instagram at Robin Tala. So R-O-B-I-N-T-A-L-A. Um, you can find me on Facebook. I'm working on my uh, on my public figure page. It's not totally worked out yet. It's It's got some stuff up there. You can check it out. If you want to listen to my, um, my DJ mixes, I DJ as Believer, B-E-L-I-3. B-E-R, and that's on SoundCloud. I have about 10 mixes up there. Um, cool. And, uh, and I'm going to be rolling out more of my poetry, uh, spoken word poetry soon. I'm just starting to, to um, marinate on that, but my brand is uh, Dawn Breaking Soul, and so I will be launching <laughs> that sometime soon. But I'd say for now, just... You know, connect with me on Instagram and uh, and social media on Facebook. I'm constantly maxed out at my 5,000 limit on Facebook, so you can definitely follow me. I might not be able to accept requests. And I'm in the Positive Head group and the Positive Heads group and the Positive Plant Posse group. So um, 
Yeah, I look yeah, forward yeah, to yeah. connecting. You know, oftentimes when you hear people on podcasts, they can seem like, you know, celebrities or like these faraway people. But you know what? Like, we're super accessible. I'm just like an everyday person. I go to the grocery store. I, you know, go to festivals. <laughs> I like walk around. Sometimes I feel lonely. Sometimes I feel not good enough. Sometimes I feel like no one likes me. You know, sometimes I wonder Aww. if I really have that much to offer the world. And so, like, if you feel inspired, just connect because we're all people just doing our best. And, and that's what I'm doing too. And I love connecting and, and sharing and discovering, you know, what you can also offer me and what you can offer the world too. So I look forward to connecting with each and every one of you that feel inspired to, um, to connect. Uh, your humility is an inspiration and yeah, those groups, um, it's uh, positive heads with an S, which is a private group, you know, with lots of listeners sharing, connecting lots of magic there. And then, uh, just, you know, health, wellness, Purium related is positive plant posse on Facebook, both of those. So, um, just to, to make sure you guys have that. And, uh, Tala, you are amazing. My friend, I do have one last question to leave you with, and it is this in 60 seconds or less. What is the meaning of life? According to Robin Tala, the meaning of life is to live your deepest, highest, truest purpose and to emanate and be in love as much and as often as possible. Mm. And so it is. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Allah, until next time, journey well, my friend. Much love, my friend. Thank you so much. Well, everyone, that concludes this week's interview episode. If you have enjoyed this positive download from our hearts and minds to yours, please take a minute, give us a rating or review on iTunes, since iTunes is the holy grail of all things podcasting. Uh, your good reviews help us to reach more listeners. Also, we would be extremely appreciative if you would tell your friends and family about the show. Our sincere intent with the Positive Head podcast is to spread positivity to the world, because, well, because we're selfish, quite honestly. Uh, I say that jokingly, but really only halfway joking. I'm referring to the good kind of selfish based on the knowing that we all get what we give in this life because when we give, we're actually always giving to extensions of self since we're all really one in the same consciousness, just in different bodies. So if you want to be a good selfish along with us by helping to spread the positivity, by all means, please proceed to shout about the Positive Head podcast from your rooftop. <laughs> Otherwise, as you continue on your fabulous journey in this 3D reality, be sure to remember this. As long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone, and thank you for being.